what up what up what up everybody we are back y'all are back with me and you're tuned in with your girl to das celeste speaks okay i know it's been a while y'all i haven't i haven't checked in with y'all since january and i get it i get it i get it but your girl has been on the move okay it's for good reasons so please all of you guys who have been asking when are we getting another episode are you done with the podcast are you not gonna make any more content no i'm still here we're back um but your girl has just been very busy i have been modeling i have been hosting i have been speaking to the youth i have been making food blogs i have been busy y'all so don't get me wrong i have missed y'all too but this episode is going to be well worth the wait. I don't know if you guys are aware, but it is Mental Health Awareness Month, which is very near and dear to my heart and several other people around the world. So this episode, we're going to be shedding light on um, a little, it's going to be jazzy. I don't want to tell y'all too much, but we're definitely going to touch on mental health in this episode, um, along with some other key factors that you should be able to take away from the episode and apply them, you know, to your situation or share it with someone and it benefit them in that way. Um, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Das Celeste Enterprises. Feel free to follow Das Celeste on Instagram and add Desiree Simmons on Facebook for all updates about upcoming events. We will be going back into the community in Orlando, Florida on June 25th in order to service the homeless. We'll be handing out meals. Um, I haven't settled on the menu yet, guys. The first annual, or I can't call it annual because we didn't do it one year, but the first event, we went out with sandwiches, chips, Gatorades, waters, and a little uh, fruit snack, okay, for our people in the downtown Orlando area. So this time, we're still working on what our menu is going to be. But if you have anything you want to donate uh, monetarily or uh, any type of clothing items, things of that nature, please get with me. Again, social media is D-A-Z-C-E-L-E-S-T-E underscore. Without further ado, I want to let you guys know that I have a very, very special guest with me here today, and I'm excited to be sitting down with her. Um, it is, it's going to be great content for you guys, so I just can't wait for you to hear. Uh, this special person goes by the name of Ashley Muse, and I'm actually going to open up the floor for her a little bit in the beginning before we get started to just kind of tell you guys a little bit about herself who she who she is excuse me what she has going on and um after that we're going to jump right into the episode guys so Ashley you can go ahead and take over hey what's up um it feels good to talk to you again what's uh, up yes I love it here um uh, yeah my name is Ashley <laughs> at amuse underscore 12 a-y-e-m-u-s-e underscore 12 um my pronouns are they them and once again i am very excited to be speaking with my girl daz today about something that's extremely important which is uh mental health yes i love it okay guys so um y'all know how i like to do i i flow with my podcast we don't really do the nitpicky, uh, listed questions, things of that nature. It's very conversational over here. Um, so yeah, I, I want you guys in the slogan is where real meets conversation. So all we have over here is real conversation anyways. Okay. That's why I came up with the slogan period. So I would like to know, Ashley, if you just kind of want to, um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are. 
right now? Um, so if I could rename myself right now, um, my name would be Hope. Um, I think that's the best way I can <laughs> describe mm-hmm. self in this phase of my life. Um, I am a product designer in a really great company. Um, I feel like I have a lot of great friends and a lot of great people surrounding me. Mm-hmm. Who I am. Um, and just honestly, a lover of life, if I'm being completely honest, a lover of women, a lover of life, um, a lover of God. And um, yeah, that's that's basically it. That's me. <laughs> OK, uh, what do you think you would say is something that um, like people may seem to misunderstand about you or misinterpret when it comes to you? Um, I definitely think. Hmm. I don't you know. You want to ponder on it? Uh, I, I may, I may come off a little, a little, I guess, stiff. Um, I think it's the eyebrows, so maybe a, <laughs> a standoffish, I guess. Um, when in reality, I feel like I'm a bundle of of fucking joy and, right. and colors. So, I would say that. Um, and maybe just like a person who's kind of like closed off to certain ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it is because I am a preacher's kid. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of um, people are pretty aware of that. So, Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and I think that's interesting. I, that you mentioned that because I, I, I wasn't sure if that is something that still followed you. Um, at this age, I, I know we're not old, like old ladies, right. but we're older. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know out there too, but I, I am a preacher's kid. Um, although my father no longer is uh, actively preaching, but being raised up in that household and that environment still gives me the leeway and ability to stamp myself with that title due to mm-hmm. certain experiences, certain, you know, um, teachings, things of that nature. So, being that you said that, um, that let's just let's just let's just be real with the people. So, something very interesting came across my phone screen as I watched your story one day. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it, it was a incoming text message from from your, your mother, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I recall there being some type of verbiage surrounding, you know, the importance behind you watching a video about Mm -hmm. your sexuality. Um, And then I kind of saw your verbiage or your response to that or to your followers about that um, was something sarcastic or something that gave off the idea that you did not agree with that uh, mm-hmm. or care to even see what was sent. So that is what uh, sparked my interest in ju- because I like to have uh, interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what got us here. And tell us a little bit about what that what was that ordeal? Because I, I think I'm leaving out some pieces. So what was that exactly? 
Yeah, so um, it was two o'clock on a Sunday morning. So, you know, you probably are familiar. Your parents uh, wake up really early on Sunday morning to prepare for church. Mm -hmm. My mom usually doesn't sleep. And I guess I was just on her mind. Mm -hmm. Sent me this YouTube video from, I believe, a either a retired homosexual, Mm -hmm. lesbian, I don't know, um, that... I, I believe the title said homosexuality and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, pray the gay away type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and my response was just like, I mean, on my social media, it was just like, you know, I mean, I hope y'all are having a, a funny ass day like I am because the shit is, is comical at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly not too sure where that came from. Um, it was extremely random and... It was a bit triggering. I'm not going to lie. Um, I really pondered on how I was going to respond to my mother because, you know, she's still my mom. I still want to, you know, be respectful. And But at the same time, I didn't want any of my boundaries being crossed. Um, so I kind of just sent her like a meme that was just kind of confused <laughs> mm-hmm. as a response. And, um, yeah, I, she never texted me back. So I think she got the message. But um, I would say that was the first time in a very long time that she was that direct um, mm. when it came to just my sexuality and Christianity in general. Um, so it really was a curveball, honestly. <laughs> okay. So, and I, I think I like the fact that you mentioned, um, because I was going to ask anyway, was that the first time that something like that had occurred? Um, so you just kind of gave us that insight there that something like that has been done before but maybe just not in that type of manner um yeah definitely um yeah I would say a few years back when I actually did completely come out to my mother um face to face it was um a complete shit show (laughs) um yeah we ended up like not talking for a few years after that honestly um so then after we kind of rekindled I don't know. I felt like, you know, maybe it's safe if we just don't kind of talk about it. You know, she didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up, even though she knew, you know, I was definitely in a relationship with a woman um, in those years that we hadn't spoke. But this was the first time since that time that she was very um, direct in the whole, you know, you're going to hell for liking women type shit. So Mm -hmm. definitely. Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Nope, you're fine. All I said was um, it definitely happened before, just not recently. Okay. Um, And now, did these happenings come... Okay, let me backtrack, actually. So, what what religion... um, Because, you know, we can't assume that everyone knows Mm -hmm. what we're talking about here. So, what religion were you raised up you know being taught or what is it that your parents hold near and dear to them and what they you know have taught you and your siblings what is that yeah so um their church is non-denominational but if I had to choose a denomination that it mimics I definitely say like a mix between Pentecostal and uh probably like Baptist um okay so they have their own church yeah they have their own church Mm -hmm. ah and, uh, Got you. Okay. Yeah. And what, which role do I, you know, each of them hold mm-hmm. in um, the church? Yes. They're both like equally pastors. Um, mm. They okay. are here. 
got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so coming up, because I'm assuming that they didn't just, you know, this isn't fresh. Um, mm-hmm. What did that look like for you? And I know you have siblings, so feel free to use, you know, examples. But mm-hmm. I want, because I have you sitting down with me today, I want to try to keep it tailored toward you. But I know some of your answers may include experiences from, you know, some of your other siblings. But as a youth or adolescent, what did think, what was the dynamic of the home like with them holding these positions? Um. Well, home life looked like, you know, church on Sundays, first one there, first uh, last one out, church on Wednesdays, same case, church every Friday or every third Friday. Um, in the house, it was very much the same thing, like in the church, you know, um, no alcohol, no cursing. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Um, definitely. Uh, <laughs> well, we could get deep, Daz. How, how deep are you trying to get? <laughs> oh, no. Go like, girl. <laughs> raw okay raw. we say where real meets conversation and the word real in conversation is capitalized so you do you um I think if I were to answer that question like now mm-hmm. I definitely did the best that they could both of them mm-hmm. um, I definitely now think I'm in a definite uh, different pr- place mm-hmm. um when it comes to thinking about my childhood okay it was definitely, I, I think one of the biggest things I'm, I guess, working on now when it comes to being raised in that household is um, honestly just accepting that, you know, their beliefs are not my beliefs. And although I was raised that way, um, it's okay to be different. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say the childhood was um, intense. Um, it felt like perfectionist. Mm-hmm. That made sense. Uh, basically, kind of like the same concept of, you know, if you if you sin, you have to repent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one of those things where I definitely, as a kid, tried to stay between the lines instead of stepping outward in fear of, you know, um, I guess chastising and, and, um, hell going to hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I think now my adult life is really trying to go back and heal that part of me that, you know, was told that I can't fuck up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think they, you know, meant to instill the fear of hell in me. I think they mm-hmm. meant to instill the fear of God in me, but I don't think that's how it worked out. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I can agree to coming, being, you know, um, product of a PK home and with the fact that you said the perfectionist, like that word just immediately like stood out to me because a lot of my mental, mental turmoil came from me subconsciously striving to be perfect. Right. Um, And I mean, hey, not to say that, you know, I wasn't the best. But, like, growing up, to everybody, that's what I was. Mm-hmm. Like, the first grandbaby on this side. The first to win the marathon race. The first, yeah. you know, the dude. So, that trend, that came and it followed me to 
said elementary, said middle, said high, said college, like I was always the one to excel. Mm-hmm. And then when I when I did not excel or uh, something went left, I would be depressed at the time. I did not know that that was depression, but I knew that my whole day was screwed up and I didn't want to do shit or talk to nobody uh, because I feel like a failure. So mm-hmm. being able to like just get older and look back on those things, I think is dope to mm, just acknowledge it because sometimes <laughs> that's all that needs to be done for the moment to be labeled a growth moment is acknowledgement. So I think that's dope. Um, you said that uh, you said that it was very like perfectionist. Um, so at what point did you, okay. What point did you feel like it was going to be okay for you to come forward with expressing to them that they, that your sexuality was not in line with what they believed it should be? Like what prompted that? Um, honestly, my belief system changed. Um, so I wasn't necessarily limited by their beliefs so in my head their beliefs couldn't affect me so therefore it was you know in my head I'm using air quotes safe to tell them um that part of me uh I would say this was um a few years after college and I felt like you know I'm an autonomous adult at this point you know I feel like even if it's not the reaction that I want I can lick my own wounds now um So, yeah, and then I ended up, you know, falling in love with the woman and I didn't want to subject her to, you know, I didn't want her to feel like she was a secret. I didn't want her to feel like I was keeping this part of me a secret, which I really wasn't. I I would say I was honestly just withholding that information from my from my parents. So Mm -hmm. I think what really flipped the script for me was just um, being honest in who I am and kind of giving them the choice of whether or not they still want to be an active participant in my life because of it so but like that's typically something that is difficult to do uh solely off the strength of yourself so when I say like what did that look like like tell me like did you have to prep yourself up a little bit and have a conversation with a best friend like a little bit before or did you go back and forth between like mm, uh, I think I don't give a fuck I'm gonna tell it or mm, nah, I think I'm gonna keep it quiet this is my business like what was it or were you just did you have it all sorted out and you knew that's what you were gonna mm-hmm. do um I did not have this shit planned in any way shape or form um I didn't like choose a day and was like, yeah, this is the day that's going to, that's going to be the day I'm going to tell my parents. Um, I definitely have a great group of people supporting me. My two sisters are um, older sisters, actually. They're, they are both gay and they came mm-hmm. out, um, years before I did to my parents. Um, and then. Oh, I, can we pause right there really quick? Yep. Were you around or did you witness that for them? Like when that occurred, did you see what your parents' reaction was like to them? I absolutely did. Um, and I was pretty young uh, with my oldest sister, but I, you know, I, I was able to piece things together. And um, I did recall a few incidents um, with my older sister as well. 
Um, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into that, but mm-hmm. yeah, definitely uh, was witnessing those those moments as well. So, and were they still underage, or were they at this point like you were kind of saying you were, you know, eighteen and older out mm-hmm. of school, or were they? Did they share their moment when they were still considered to be a minor or otherwise under someone's legal care? Um, I don't think they were um, minors, but they honestly could have been. Um, what I remember, they're, they're like 12 and 15 years older than me. So um, oh, okay. the, the things that I remember, they were already, you know, um, an adult or in college. Mm. So, Oh, okay. 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 So mm-hmm. they decided to share the news when they were kind of similar to you. You were on your own feet, you know, mm-hmm. no longer no longer needing to be supported by them, things of that nature. Right, exactly. Got you. Do you feel like uh, when you were off in school, like was there times that your parents were still supporting you financially and you felt like that was another reason you couldn't share that because they would try to, you know, maybe be manipulative and pull the things that they were supporting you with? Um, Wholeheartedly, honestly. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I honestly forgot about that. I was definitely, I went to school on a full scholarship, but I definitely had some support from my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were very supportive. They came to all my basketball games. They checked in on me. Um, but would I have been able to survive how I survived without them? Absolutely not. Um, so that was another, you know, it, it plays um, another role in the whole, you know, trying to stay in those lines and and not trying to get chastised by stepping stepping out, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Ironically, well, not not really ironically, but that's exactly what happened, um, honestly. So when I did come out to my parents, um, well, when I came out to my dad, my dad hit me with a, well, I already knew that, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so you I, did, you had the conversation with each parent separately? Oh, most definitely, for sure. <laughs> for sure I don't know how that would have looked if they were together um I kind of wanted to get the raw emotions from both of them rather mm-hmm. than, you know I don't know one of them supporting the other mm-hmm. a bad reaction mm-hmm. so got it okay and I noticed that you said um that that is a reason why you waited due to the support aspect and knowing that it would have been a struggle without them so that leads me to think or assume that you were having these feelings regarding your sexuality, um, you know, in college. Oh, yeah. So at what age do you personally, like, feel like you began to realize that you were interested in the opposite sex? Um, I would definitely say um, in middle school, but I didn't really accept that until I would say um, definitely towards my latter end of college. Um, Hmm. Yeah, so definitely knew I liked girls. Um, Hell, my siblings knew I liked girls, but (laughs) I didn't believe them back then. I couldn't believe them because, you know, I I was going to hell. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. So you you mean to say, like, your siblings, they would tell you those things when you were still a youth? Oh, yeah. My sister, my oldest sister called it immediately. (laughs) She called it immediately. It was pretty, pretty funny. We kind of talk about it now. Like, um, you know, at at this point, she was like just waiting for me to come out of the closet. (laughs) 
but at the time when you were younger, like, did that offend you? Because, I mean, you were trying, or you didn't think you were that way. So did her, like, calling you out to the carpet on what she may have felt like she could sense or what she knew, did that, like, upset you? Or was it just all in fun and jokes? Um, Definitely when I was still a Christian, it was pretty upsetting. Mm. Because that was basically somebody else telling me once again that I was going to hell and I couldn't, I couldn't let it be truth. You know, um, we didn't like getting into any like deep arguments. Obviously she was my older sister and I was Mm -hmm. 11, 12. So Mm. like a baby girl, you are very much gay. Don't give a fuck about what you believe in, but um, I'm still here supporting Mm -hmm. you to find out when you realize it, you know? But what made her say that? Like, did you tell her something like, hey, like big sis, I know you're like this. So this happened to me. Can you like, tell me if I'm gay? Like, is that like, how did did that go? Um, Well, no, my big sis was definitely, or still is my best friend. Um, So I would just kind of tell her everything about my life, about my Uh... best um, but I would never, I always had boyfriends, you know, growing up. So mm. I would tell her about the things that would happen in those relationships. And then I would tell her about like my best friends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She would swear up and down that I was in love with my best friends as a little girl, which hindsight bias, I definitely was. So mm-hmm. I think that's how she picked up. Got it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, so you realized you said it about middle school. Mm-hmm. And you never spoke on it again or addressed the thought until you got to college. Right. Mm -hmm. And were you having to suppress feelings throughout those years or did you just really like not have any high peak interest in women during that time? Uh, Throughout the years and before college? Yeah, like throughout the year, like from the time that you thought you had that inkling, um, up until the time that you actually met back up with the authentic, authentic, Jesus, I cannot, (laughs) authentic truth. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Did you like, I don't know, maybe I worded that wrong. No, it makes sense. Like, did I suppress those feelings um, like about women? Right. Or were those feelings not even a thought because like, you were, you know, highly into men or what you thought were highly into men at the time? Um, I definitely had to suppress some things. Um, I played basketball growing up. So I was a AAU basketball was a definitely a big test (laughs) of my faith uh, for sure. Um, But also being in relationships with, uh, well, I guess boys at the time Uh really, um, you know, my focus was all on them. Um, and obviously my best friends at the time that I had a crush on, but didn't really, you know, know that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would definitely say, uh, you know, when Kelly Rowling came on MTV uh, or Beyonce came on MTV, um, I was drooling at the mouth, confused as to why I'm drooling at the mouth. Um, I used to convince myself that maybe I just think girls are just a lot more prettier, you know, mm-hmm. than men are handsome um, type deal. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that's that's kind of how I suppressed it. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I want to circle back to when you said that what the dynamic looked like with your mom, like when you broke the news versus with your dad. Like I noticed you said you didn't speak to your mom for a couple years after, but what about your dad? Like, did the did he follow suit with with that as well? Um. No. Um. 
Well, I will say I am a daddy's girl. So he just kind of hit me with the, um, you know, I knew you're gay, first and foremost. Secondly, I love you regardless of what I believe in, what you believe in, what you think you like, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. But he was very stern in the fact that, you know, he did communicate. He does not agree with homosexuality because of his religion. Um, But that doesn't change the fact that I'm his daughter and he loves me to life. So that conversation was actually pretty rewarding. I still remember Boohoo crying afterwards because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know my dad was always going to be my dad, but I just didn't expect um, Tim to be able to communicate that um, being that he is a pastor. Um, But it was just like, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better response from him, honestly. So yeah, I, I I think that's huge, and I think that it's a shed light moment because um, a lot of parents who pastor and you know their children end up making decisions against what they feel is their will. You just kind of get this uh, cast it off. Um, you ain't really my child no more right? type of thing. So I think that's beautiful. Um, I am interested to know, though, like, I mean, you didn't talk to your mom at all? Or were there little check-ins? or um, So after, um, well, I'll just, I'll just tell the story really quickly. We were having a, like, a mommy-daughter day. And it was getting to a point where I felt like my mom was definitely um, opening up about some things that I had been asking her to open up about. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, we were at that point where if she's sharing with me, I can share um, with her. Mm -hmm. As I was sharing with her, I was kind of like giving her like I was spoon feeding her basically. And then I eventually, you know, she asked me straight up, hey, is so-and-so your girlfriend? And I said, "Um, yeah. And I remember in that moment thinking like, damn, I really could just lie right now. I could Mm -hmm. I could just keep the pretty little picture that she has of me in her head. I can keep her in this like delusional world, but I just felt like that wasn't being true to myself. Um, And I could quite literally see the joy like coming off of her face. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I definitely witnessed. We we definitely got into it. Um, Words were exchanged that neither of us wish we ever said. Um, And you guys were in public? Uh, we were in the car at first, and then it definitely um, kind of like the yelling outside of the window as I went back home type shit. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it was it was pretty dramatic. We're both pretty dramatic, so um, yeah. Hmm. And were there ever any comments made, like by family or well, obviously it's your family, but like mm-hmm. anybody throughout this this time period that you felt like stuck with you or even scarred you in a sense and I mean you don't have to share whatever the phrase or whatever was said if you don't desire to but I'm just interested where there like did you feel like it was it was said but it grew me or it was said but it it really cut me like type of thing um most definitely the main thing that stands out um from somebody in my family somebody told me straight up that they hope that they die soon so that when they die, I feel like shit for not only being gay, but um, being the daughter of a gay or um, not a gay pastor, but being the daughter of a pastor, basically. Um, And that really like 
Well, what is them dying? What that mm-hmm. what's that gonna do with them being dead though? Right. I think it was more so like you need to listen to me, and if you don't listen to me, you know, I think it was just a way of you know emotional manipulation at the end of the day. Like hmm. at this point, this person can't say anything to me to get me to change my mind. So they have to subject themselves to something, a terrible illness, like fucking death for me to feel something, you know? Does that make sense? Oh, like, so basically they were saying if they fall ill, like it'll make you maybe feel feel like, oh, think, like they're going to pass soon and I want them to see me doing what mm-hmm. they, they want done. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's fucking bananas. <laughs> I, I mean, and the stuff I hear, like... When I sit down and do these podcasts, I'd be like, huh? Like somebody yeah. really thought like that was real life, but that that was your reality. So, I mean, while we're here and it's light and, you know, kind of a s- sort of fluffy topic now, I'm sure whenever it was said to you or whenever it occurred, like that shit was not funny, nor was it anything that you probably imagine you'd be speaking about, you know, publicly. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that's crazy. I think that is very crazy. Um do I want to I, I think so like what did you do to throughout the time of you know outbursts with mom conversation even though the conversation with dad didn't go so so bad like he still gave you you know sense of peace but then you mm-hmm. got this comments from family like what were you doing to make sure that your mental was intact I was pressing that block button like nobody's fucking business. (laughs) Mm. Um, And I don't say that like it was easy. It was honestly one of the hardest things in my life. And that was one of the main reasons why I felt like I had to go to therapy. Um, Because and it was like, well, fuck, I want my family and, you know, people even outside of my family, extended family to still be my family and still be in my life. But if they continue to trigger me and cross my boundaries, um, I'm going to have to, you know, take them out. You feel right. me? It was, honestly, I, <laughs> I, I'm thankful for, once again, my, my older siblings because they had already been through something similar. Um, I'm very thankful for my other friends who came out to their parents because, like, it was just one of those moments where I realized I had to really pay attention to who was in my diet you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And what they were bringing. So, um, yeah, I just that I, I just hit that block button. I mean, on Instagram, uh, phone numbers, like, you know. So blocking, therapy, anything else? Community, without a doubt. Okay. So been- having a good, like, group of people surrounding you. Most definitely. Okay. Um now, just curious, do either of your two siblings, do they have maybe a better relationship now with your parents? Um, Since it's been, you know, like your most recent conversation with them about this, it's it's fresh. It's kind of recent, but they brought this news when they were, you know, probably a decade ago. So, you know, what does their dynamic look like if there is one? Um, I can't really speak on their dynamic, um, Mm -hmm. but I will say that um, it was definitely a process, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, they definitely have climbed higher mountains than I have with this whole coming out 
um, business. Um, what do you mean by that? Climbed higher mountains? Um, I, because I feel like they're a lot older than I am. Um, and they dealt with, like, I had them to look up to when it came mm-hmm. to coming out to my parents. Like, my oldest sister, she had nobody for an mm-hmm. support, you know. Oh, okay. Um, my sister underneath her definitely had my older sister to look up to. But, um, you know, they both went into two separate paths. So I think they both, um, I guess, created the lives that they have now uh, with my parents. So um, I definitely think it was it was a process for them, for sure. But they, but there is a healthy relationship there now. You're saying? Um, I think so. Yeah. Okay. In okay. Some way, however that may look. In I'm sorry. What was it? I said in some way, however uh, that may look. Oh, got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, but you, regardless of what the dynamic may be with you and your parents, you are plugged in, close knit with the t- your two siblings who share the same path. Yeah. Always. Okay, got it. Um, now, do you guys like come together for occasions or, you know, and it, it is everybody still able? Because I know, like, for myself, I went off and I came back with like six, seven tattoos. You know, <laughs> when I went to school, I had blonde dread. I wanted my mm-hmm. dreads blonde. I told my mom that's what I was doing. I told, mm-hmm. I actually asked for nosering in the house. I was told, no, wait till you grown. Cool. I literally <laughs> waited. To do all the things that y'all told me to wait to do till I got grown. And when I did it, it was like, oh, Lord, she got blonde mm-hmm. She got tattoo. Like, she just up there going crazy in Orlando. And so <laughs> sometimes it was freaking awkward when, when, or at least I was made to be felt awkward because I felt like I'm the most recent topic of discussion you know I'm the one that just did this thing which in in our case we're, we're talking about two different things but I just did this thing kind of changed my look and who I was known to be to you all and it's it's buzz around that so uh, oftentimes I I didn't want to go because I felt like I had to similar to kind of what you were saying um tiptoe or not fully authentically be myself when I was in, if I did put myself in those predicaments. So I'm just interested like to know, is it still like tension um, or are you guys able to come together as a family? You know, any somebody's birthday, somebody's, I don't freaking know, mm-hmm. work anniversary. Like, do you guys do things and it's kosher, copacetic, or right now we're still kind of avoiding each other until we think we can come in the same space and not butt heads um honestly uh no um we don't I mean I would say like you know parts of the family get together but there hasn't really been a situation um where we've all come together uh since I would probably say since my pops was in the hospital and that wasn't even under good terms you know what I mean right 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 okay Or if it has, a, I mean, obviously, I think the homosexuality in the family has something to do with it, like the clash between uh, belief systems. But I honestly think that um, my parents raised four very unique, very different, very opinionated and open and honest kids that uh-huh. for all of us to be in the same working function together might be a bit much for both the kids. Mm-hmm. Parents and individually, you know what I mean. Got it. 
So um, is it hopeful? You know, in an ideal world, it, it, it would be cool to get together with the entire, you know, fam and do some things and have some fun. But I'm not too sure if um, all the shadows have been worked out in the closet yet for us. To yeah. Do so. Right, right, right. Okay. And do you think your family would be, or your parents, I should say, um, would be open to like therapy with, hmm. with you all? No. Um. You know, like how, you know, just to help with, you know, I'm sure the therapist can help them, you know, with how they can cope and, and still be parents you know, to you guys, but there can still be a healthy dynamic. You know, therapists, they know all type of stuff. So I'm just, I'm just interested. Like mm-hmm. if one of you really cared that much to be like, yo, like I want us to get to the space where we can all like have a beach day. That might, may sound crazy, but mm-hmm. like, I am I, wondering, do you think either of them would take heed and actually maybe consider that for the strength of, unison or would it be nah you know I ain't listening to no you mm-hmm. know, young kid I know what you know how how the elders do right right um I think you know my parents definitely want to have beach days like what you're saying but when it comes to at like a family therapy session whether it's with a therapist or not um I doubt it mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I don't think that has anything to do with um anything other than the fact that they're old and mm-hmm. it's like if the therapist was Jesus sure you know mm-hmm. um, right right just kind of conditioned and exactly I just think it's one of those things that they're just going to go to their graves with um which is fine I mean it's not fine but it's fine you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um how do you think that your parents would describe you uh they like to call me a flower child um, a flower child who is not afraid to be herself, which I think is pretty ironic. Um, <laughs> who's not afraid, but at one point you were afraid. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a weird form of validation. Like they see me and they see, you know, that I am trying to do everything I can be to be all of me all the time. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that's their way of saying like, you know, I still love you, even though you are who you are, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So your mom has more, like adopted that attitude more these days. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny how you were talking earlier about like changing your look and, you know, yeah. being the most recent topic and stuff like that. And I feel like, um, <laughs> definitely had same, like similar experiences, Growing up, you know, you couldn't wear, I think I was like in the fourth grade wearing size 16 jeans because my mom didn't want them to be too tight, you know? Oh I mean? So now I have uh, fucking purple hair, pink eyebrows, you know what I mean? Tattoos out the ass. And I'll send mm-hmm. a picture to my mom, you know, looking very gay. And once again, she'll just, you know, hype me up, tell me I'm beautiful, tell me I look like her. So, oh, you said you'll initiate sending her a picture? Yeah. Like, oh. I'm, if, if, you know. well, now, are you doing that to to like to be facetious? Like, oh, I'm showing her I'm rebellion, rebelling, or are you doing it to genuinely like I want to show mom like I'm cute today? Like, what uh-huh. is your thought when you're sending her that? Because you obviously know she doesn't uh-huh. rock with you know. Yeah, um, 
No, I don't, I don't do it facetiously. I just really kind of want to show myself to my mom, but Mm -hmm. I will say being rebellious, um, is definitely something that I used to do. I, I definitely would say I stopped within the last like year and a half. Um, Okay. Came to just, if any, if anybody ever dropped something in the group chat about Jesus, I was challenging it. Um, just out of, like you were, yeah, I get, I got you. I got you. I got you. That's what. Yeah, toxic muse had to work on it. <laughs> yeah, but it's growing pain, so it's okay. We, it's okay. Um, <laughs> if you could turn back the time and like talk to your adolescent self, what do you think is one thing that you would tell him or her? Or I'm talking about him or her, Lord. <laughs> um, them because your pronoun is them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I would tell little Muse, I would honestly just give her a hug. I don't think there'd be much words if I'm completely honest. Um, If I said anything, it would honestly just, it's okay to not be okay. You know, you don't have to disassociate. You don't have to distract yourself. It's okay to not be okay. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess she was a Christian back then. So I would tell her, you know, Jesus got angry. God didn't Mm -hmm. say, it's fine. You're okay. You know, Um, I would definitely just give my little self a hug and just make sure um, they know that it's okay to express your emotions, you know? Right. Um, and do you think that, I noticed you said you would have said something different back then because you were a Christian. Mm-hmm. So now what, are, are you studying any religion? Are you um, just kind of independent, free-spirited? Um, what does that look like being that you were you know, pretty much raised up to follow the instruction of, of what was taught, which was the nom- non, excuse me, denominational and uh, Baptist type of uh, teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a Christian. I don't necessarily have a name for the things I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I am a part of any religion. I definitely study different ATRs or African mm-hmm traditional religions and um astrology and mm-hmm. I dive into philosophy as well but if I had to paint a picture of what I believe in um definitely mm-hmm. still do believe in a god my god is not a man nor is um no are they a woman um, mm-hmm. my god surpasses gender um I definitely believe in the things that are constant which is the sun the earth the things that give me life um, mm-hmm. so I would say that kind of paints um the things I believe in, I guess, the things mm. I give my energies to. Okay. And do you feel like maybe um, if the way that, because I was, obviously our experiences were different, but I grew up up underneath the same teaching, mm-hmm. but I can't speak to kind of almost half of what you experienced because even though I had things over my head in a sense. Mm-hmm. My adolescence looked real, like free. Like really, uh, like one may have said, "Dang, girl, like you get to go to the to the um, to the skating rink." Like, <laughs> I mean, back then that was kind of like was big- worldly mm-hmm. or deemed. You know, you shouldn't be. Um, I was at team parties at event centers at Greenwich. Oh, wow. uh, a mom's friend was dropping us off and picking us up, and mom knew where we were, but right. I, I didn't sneak out. It was authorized. Um, mm-hmm. um, 
I was allowed to do those things. And I would say starting at like eighth, nine, or I would say like ninth and on up. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm just interested. Do you like, do you think that maybe if the way that the information or um, morals and things were being taught or laid down and explained like do you maybe feel like if that was different like the whole entire outcome could have been a different thing or do you just think regardless you would have came to some point and you know been like hey I don't agree with this and I need to go um it's funny how you ask because I think there was a point in my life where I really thought and pondered about that um but I think, you know, us going to the same, you know, religious Christian school uh-huh. that gave me a different perspective of the same religion. And um, honestly, in some ways, it, it honestly comforted me a lot more than my own church did. And it was the same exact teachings. I think it's one of those situations where, you know, somebody it's somebody can teach you something and you're not going to get the message versus somebody can teach you the same thing and you're going to understand it completely. Um so I feel like I was exposed to a different, um, definitely a different denomination, but the same teachings, um, uh, you know, uh, but I still would have been asking the same questions that weren't able to be answered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it had anything to do necessarily with how I was raised. Um, I think I was always going to come to terms with some things just don't make sense to me and that's fine. And um, honestly, if I was raised any different, I probably would have come to this conclusion a lot um, quicker. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, I, I I like it. I I want to ask as we end up this episode: Is there something like because I'm sure there's there's going to be some there's going to be some group of people like tuned into this episode and they can relate to. Um, I know I didn't really give off much about my situation, but especially, you know, what you had to face dealing with um, the homosexuality. Is that the right term? Uh, yeah, I guess it's fine. Okay. I want to make sure I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I get you. No, you're, you're good. <laughs> um, the homosexuality and religion. Like for some people, it's just their parents aren't religious. So all they have to combat with is coming out. Uh, or sometimes it's religion. It's just the other piece. Like, oh, I'm I'm finally coming and telling my parents, I don't believe I'm a fucking Buddhist. Like, mm-hmm. I ain't doing it. Uh-uh. But with mm-hmm. you, you were faced with both sides of the situation. And you had to figure out, like, a way to maneuver through that without, you know, wanting to go off on the deep end. Right. So I just would like for you to use your voice. And, like, if you do have a piece, what would you leave? Um, for anyone that you that may be listening to this and they're like wow like dang we're we're the same person like Mm -hmm. what would you tell them um therapy first and foremost and if you can't afford it I would definitely seek out community of like-minded individuals um luckily I had my older sisters to help me out but um coming from the heart it's going to be okay at the end of the day the fact that you are, you know, challenging and unlearning some older beliefs. I think that's the first step and I commend you for it because that's one of the hardest things to do is like, okay, yeah, I'm coming out to my parents, but also like I have a whole relationship with God um, 
a whole fear of, of, you know, whatever the case may be in that religion. For mine, it was hell. Um, the fact that you are bold enough and strong enough says something, um, you know, to question that. So I just, you know, want to give you reassurance that it's going to be okay. Um, and there are a lot of like-minded individuals out there that do go through the same things that you're going through. You just got to, you know, look for them. So. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yes. Um, is there anything else outside of that that you wanted to say? Like, I always open up the floor if there's something, you know, you got a little piece or anything you want to add in uh, before we wrap it up? Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to give you your flowers, first and foremost. I think what you're doing is amazing, um, especially seeing just how bright you were as a kid <laughs> in high school. Um, and how just how you you could obviously tell you were going to be a leader. And I really like how you're using your gift of your voice, first and foremost, because I don't I don't know if they know how dope of a voice you have, first and foremost. <laughs> Thank <through> you. Choir. <laughs> but I like how you are um, spreading the good gospel of everything um and i do really appreciate it so i just wanted to say thank you for just pouring back into the community of course of course thank you um i do appreciate that and i'll give you your flowers right back because <laughs> i just want to say thank you so much for being willing i mean you could have seen my correspondence and you know me asking you inviting you to come sit down with me and being like mm, girl i don't really feel like i want to do that but <laughs> You didn't do that to me, girl. And I'm no. really happy about that. So, and thank you for even being like bold enough to, because this is on Apple, this is on Spotify. Oh, this oh is, my God. You know, <laughs> it's going to soar. So, that takes a lot of courage. And I just want to say thank you. Um, <laughs> congratulations, like, for getting through all of that. Um, the growth, like, not giving up. I, did not know the ins and outs. I could obviously tell from a distance that you were evolving, you were changing, you were looking different, but I did not know because I'm a very observant person. I just, yeah. want to say, I'm not a weirdo. I promise. I'm not I didn't think you were <laughs> a freaking weirdo, but I just, I'm observant and I have a lot of sense. So yeah. I just was, I got that wavelength, but I just, you know, we hadn't spoken directly. So it just is a beautiful thing to know that I was like kind of seeing some things, mm -hmm. but like I didn't know. And then you, you kind of put the stamp on just what that was like for you today. Um, so I think that's beautiful. And I just want to thank you again, everybody who tuned in and stayed on here with us for 54 minutes. I do appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Dasselet Speaks, which is sponsored by Dasselet Enterprises. Make sure that you follow us on social media. Um, I will have Ashley's information in the description box if you guys want to connect with her. Uh, you have, you know, you're going through something similar and you would like to rely on her as a resource. Is that fine? Are you open to that? Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay, perfect. If you would like to use her as a resource, you guys, um, her information box will, Lord, her information will be in the description box. Uh, feel free to reach out with any questions that you have, any feedback. Please leave uh, your comments. And I want to thank you guys so much for rocking with that. So let's speak. Signing off.